once you get it, it's contagious. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, like someone listened and they didn't exactly. ridicule me. <laughs> they didn't. They didn't stare at me <laughs> like I had like four eyes. Like, yeah, like wow, this is great. So <laughs> cathartic. <laughs> This episode contains content that may be alarming to some listeners, including discussion of mental illness and mention of suicide. Viewer discretion is advised. Hi guys, welcome to the first episode of Steadily. In this episode, I'll be talking with Hannah Reinhardt, a collegiate runner and mental health advocate about the experiences that shaped who she is today. We'll also be discussing mental health and sport and the impact of youth sports, as well as finding an outlet and finding your passion. Hannah's story is both vulnerable and impactful, so without further ado, let's begin. Hi, Hannah. Hello. (laughs) Thank you for uh, joining me today. Um, So you have been described as a beacon of hope which I would say is very accurate as you have spent a lot of time the past couple of years sharing the stories that shaped you um, into not just the runner that you are today, but also the person. So I would love if you could kind of give us a background on your own personal experiences and sort of how you got to where you are right now. Yeah. So um, I guess we'll just kind of start about how I briefly um, started to like feel comfortable sharing my story. So I am a collegiate runner. Um, I spent my undergrad years at the University at Albany in Albany, New York, um, running cross country and track and field and had four years there. And um, as I kind of climbed up the ladder with my athletic achievements, um, Mm -hmm. I found that I kind of had a, a new platform that I had never had before. And I felt that it was my responsibility to kind of, um, you know, (laughs) spread awareness (laughs) on some topics um, that have become, you know, taboo for no reason, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I just I I was kind of well known in the conference and there was a a movement um, in our conference, the Americas called AE, uh, AE Voices. And pretty much it just was a way for student athletes to kind of share their stories um, and experiences with mental health and mental illness and everything kind of in that realm. Um, So I, you know, I, in one interview, randomly, I briefly mentioned my, my (laughs) experience and then they, they asked me to write a piece if I was comfortable and, um, I wrote kind of my story for the AE Voices, and then it kind of really gained traction um, when I qualified for national championships and uh, Flow Track, which is like the the uh, portal for track f- track and field and cross country. They released uh-huh. my story too. Um, so yeah, that that was just like kind of how I I started, and then from there I was just able to like kind of. Um, you know, talk with more people and, and be more open. Yeah. And yeah, that was amazing for me. Um, yeah, so obviously I'm a runner. Um, that is my greatest passion in this world. Um, I'm a long distance runner. And I really think that um, running and exercise in general is just like the ultimate coping <laughs> skill for me yeah. to have. Um, I love it. It's, it brings so much light into my life. Um, but also it's, it's, it's really helped me to stay afloat, um, during some really challenging times in my life as well. Basically what my story was about, um, is how running has indeed, you know, saved my life, um, Mm -hmm. in more ways than one and in the physical sense and in the, um, you know, metaphorical, more emotional sense. Um, it really has been my saving grace. I started running um, when I was very young. I did a summer track program through the town when I was um, probably like nine or 10. And that was like the beginnings for me. I was I was hooked right from the beginning and then did middle school track and then high school and then went on to run um, at the college level as well. But um, 
yeah, running has always been the one thing in my life that's been a constant. And it has been a, a grounding force for me as well. Um, I am one of six. I have five siblings. I have two older sisters and three brothers and um yeah, big family, and <laughs> there's a lot of good that comes from being uh, in a big family, but um, we dealt with some dysfunction. Um, growing up was very challenging. Uh, my father is diagnosed schizophrenic, um, and my mom is bipolar depression. So um, growing up with that was, it was difficult to say the least, um, and I think um, my story really just revolved around how running was the thing that would, you know, enabled me to, you know, keep yeah. keep at it, um, mm -hmm. no matter what. <laughs> um, yeah, so just you know, with that firsthand experience with um, severe mental illness, I think it kind of it um, it obviously molded me into the person I am today, and I am grateful for it in a way because I think that it gives me a level of empathy for others that um, not a lot of people Absolutely. talk about. Um, I think that's like the one thing that uh, I have difficulty with, um, you know, surrounding mental illness and mental health is just that there is so much, uh, you know, taboo and that yeah. there's no, you know, yeah. the, whenever it's brought up, there's always that, you know, the pit in the stomach type of feeling, which yep. I, <laughs> someone's uncomfortable. Yeah, which I, I really am a firm believer that that doesn't need to be there. And I think that, um, you know, I, at one point was in that situation as well. I, I always felt ashamed and, um, like I couldn't talk about it because I felt like I was so alone in that situation. But I think that, yeah. that um, you know, we all have a brain, we all have a heart. And so, you know, mental health, we all deal with that. So I think that it's just something that definitely needs to be more pronounced, um, you know, in society, in everyday conversation, yeah. in it all. Um, yeah. And then also in my story, I just kind of, you know, talked about um, – so my parents' mental illness, um, my dad is is a an addict, um, mm -hmm. and I, you know, had a rocky childhood, uh, physical, emotional, mental abuse involved in the situation as well. Um, and then I, you know, I was bouncing around a lot. I ended up uh, joining the uh, foster care system, and yeah, you know, I've moved now actually it's a, i'm i'm approaching move number 30 so oh i i've bounced around a lot and um you know i myself have have really struggled with um mental illness as well um yeah i yeah in my story i, I just i did you know talk about i did try to end my life and i have spent time in in the psych ward and I mm -hmm. have, you know, I've gone through the gamut and um, I think that that, you know, those situations, like they, they obviously stink. Like I would never wish, you know, being in, you know, a deep, deep depression, like I was of myself um, on anyone. Mm -hmm. But I do think that, um, like I said before, it gives me a level of empathy that, I'm able to, you know, relate with other people and hopefully give them, you know, the the love and support that they need during that time as well as like, you know, I, I feel like my story is it's just one of many, um, you know, that there is light at the end and that, you know, it you can keep going and all of that. Taking into consideration, you know, mental health of athletes, because obviously there is a super um, high level of physical fitness that you have to achieve. But also, I think that keeping your mental health um, like up, your mental health, like taking care of yourself is very important as well. Um, and I feel like you can tell me um, what your thoughts are, but I, th I feel like with athletes in particular, like showing that you are struggling with mental health or mental illness could be thought of as a sign of weakness or failure. 
or you know like worrying if you're gonna lose playing time or like get pulled from your team or something like that and just like not wanting to show like those potential weaknesses to your coaches or your teammates um can probably be a reason that many athletes don't want to talk about mental health 1000 percent agree (laughs) it's like I don't know I uh I always think about like in my in my in every sport is different but I would say this applies to every sport um I haven't done every sport but they say like 90 (laughs) percent 90 percent mental like 10 percent physical like you you put in all this work to you know get strong get tough physically and like adapt your body Mm -hmm. but like at the end of the day when you're on the competition level when you're in those high intensity you know like super stressful situations if you're not in it like if you're not concentrated focused um calm even it's like you can that right there is like gonna make or break your performance and um yeah Yeah. I I uh I'm in complete agreement that I mean I think that we're positively evolving in sport um I think in part Mm -hmm. to you know platforms like yours and like all the other podcasts and um I think that like social media is really good um in that aspect about giving people the opportunity to, you know, openly talk about things that were once really terrifying. Uh, I do yeah. think we're positively evolving, but we have a very, <laughs> very, very long way to go. Uh, yeah, we're like scratching the surface a little bit. But, you know, I, any progress is progress. So I think that like once people are starting to talk about it a little, then we'll talk about it a little more until eventually we're talking about it all the time and it's you know like just as normal as getting a cut or falling down like it's something that no one's going to look down on you for because everyone acknowledges that that we're all going to experience it at some point yeah agreed Uh, and I think like with that being said it's really important for coaches to understand the mental side of things um, and be able to accept if like one of their players or whatever is struggling with mental health because if uh, if someone feels as though like that person in their life like their coach or a teammate or someone like that isn't going to support them or is not going to help them like then they're not going to talk about it and like if they're afraid of losing playing time and then they actually did lose playing time because you know they had a coach that didn't understand like that's just gonna kind of reinforce that stigma that's already in their mind and kind of just make them be like, you know, what? I'm not going to do this again. Like, this is what happened. I'm just going to internalize it. Um, and then eventually it's just, you know, going to get worse. Yeah, I so. agree. Especially like in sport, like your coaches are like arguably one of the most pivotal elements of like your training, um, their mm-hmm. advice and their their impact on your life in general, like how they view you, how they support you, all of that. And so I think that I don't know, like me as an athlete, I, I think that I always am striving to really, um, like make my coach proud. I think that's a big thing for me. And I think a lot of athletes are kind of aligned with that as well. Like they want to make them proud and, you know, you know, perform well and all of that. And like, a lot of it is about like, getting that affirmation in one form or another from them so like Mm -hmm. when you feel like you can't be open with them and share how you're really feeling I think that that in itself is already you know like it's impacting how you perceive your relationship with them which is terrible like that is the worst because you are you know I think being open um like I always go back to transparency and I think like in sport being really open with your coach um is like super important because like at the end of the day like when you're fine-tuning and training like if you're not being open with your coach then you know your training is going to be negatively impacted because they don't really know where you are they don't have baselines for you because if you're lying you know like (laughs) who knows yeah and I and I think like (laughs) with talking about like the emotional aspect um 
like like I said, it's 90% mental, 10% physical. So if they are not mm-hmm. if they are not receptive to listening to how you feel um, in all capacities, physical and mental and emotional, yeah. then that right there, there's no trust. And like that, yeah, I just think that that is the worst case scenario, in my opinion. I, I, I have a really hard time with that because I think not only is it really, really negatively impacting your your healing um, emotionally and, and mentally, but it's impacting your ability to be a good athlete. And like at the end of the day, like performance is like why we do it, right? Like it's we want to perform yeah. and, and be successful. And so I, I think obviously like at the end of the day, like I, I just think that if people are more receptive to listening, <laughs> then it would just make everything skyrocket in terms of performance, <laughs> um, relationships, all of it. So, yeah. I was doing a bit of research about sort of just like um, the NCAA's guidelines on mental health. Um, and basically, like what I got from it is that they are really into making sure um, athletes get proper referrals to qualified um, professionals. But the thing is with that, in order to get the referral and start talking to someone, start seeing someone, someone has to notice that the person is struggling because, you know, not everyone is going to say something like outright. Not everyone is going to be like, you know, I think I need to talk to someone, but there's always, you know, those little signs. Um, So I was just like thinking about this a lot because I know with a lot of athletes, their teams or whatever, like there's always going to be that sort of banter, you know, like uh, practice was so hard yesterday. Like, I don't want to go back today, you know, Um, but it's kind of like drawing the line between someone making a comment like that or saying, you know, like I couldn't get out of bed this morning, you know, like I have lost all my motivation. I'm not sleeping anymore. And I feel like the line there can get a little bit blurry. Um, And I think a lot of people might still be in the mindset of you know like just deal with it like you're fine um and not really paying too much attention to those little comments um but sometimes those little comments are you know a cry for help and like that's where we're gonna find that the person needs to talk to someone because they're not just gonna be like I am really struggling I need to talk to someone yeah no totally I (laughs) this is just from my own personal experience though I I think um I've actually been in situations um, like that um, where, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've had numerous teammates um, really, really, really struggling. And um, mm-hmm. I also am, I think that, like I said, yeah, we're evolving in sport, but I don't think we're there right now. Um, yeah. I wouldn't say the referrals are to the right people all the time. Um, I know at least in my sport, there's a lot of, there's a lot of sports psychs, um, which is great for performance. Um, obviously Mm -hmm. super, super helpful and important and a key part, um, in being able to like, you know, focus and, and get in the, the mindful mood when you're about to perform and, you know, with training and stuff. But, um, there's a difference between sport performance and, living (laughs) and yeah um, yeah just just I think that was always like the the go-to like someone was struggling and they would just send them to a sports psych and um I don't think that because you're an athlete that means you can only talk about sports sports related stress um slash Mm -hmm. you know fear anxiety all of that I think that like when it comes down to it like you need to, you need to fix your mind before you can, you know, fix how you're going to be performing. And, um, yeah, I've just had situations where, um, had teammates struggling and we didn't know how to handle it. We didn't know who to go to because we didn't want them to go to the sports psych. And, and Mm -hmm. maybe we would, talk to an athletic trainer or or someone that we felt that we were close to who might do something and more times than not nothing really came of it um 
which is yeah. really unfortunate. Um, and my experience at my old school is is different than the school that I'm at now. Um, I'm at a bigger school, okay. and there's a lot more money. There's a lot more resources. Um, and I think that is mm-hmm. also a component. But I, I think that I don't think money should be a factor. I, I don't think that because no. you go to a more wealthy school that, you know, has a bigger football team or is in a higher level conference, that means that you're more, um, you're, you should be like able to handle, you know, mental health and mental illness more adequately. I think that that should be something that is streamlined yeah. across the board. And it, it, it's sad because it's not. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, <laughs> I could talk on this route because it really it is sad. And I think that that is like a major thing that needs to change. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, like small level things need to change as well. But like that could be something that really like makes an immediate impact. Um, and I think like yeah. that also comes yeah. down to like you were talking about, like sometimes like you, you can't not everyone notices myself when I was in a deep deep depression like I wasn't like overtly talking about it like I didn't want to talk about it Mm -hmm. I was just like going through the motions and I don't know if anyone would have noticed and um yeah yeah I think that like there needs to be more training um if you're working in sport um just to you know see warning signs and to, to be able to, like, confront yes. that and be able to, like, you know, support those athletes um, without, you know, just sending them off to sports psych. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, but there's a, there's a way to go. But I think um, one thing that uh, at my old school, actually, um, it was through our student athlete um, – it's called SAC, and I think every, like, NCAA okay. – school has one of these um clubs and we started this um thing that was basically student athlete um like wellness and it basically was like Mm -hmm. a a peer um like workshop series um for for student athletes like in all sports to be able to come together and like give freshmen um like all of the advice surrounding mental illness and mental health and like emotional well-being, like all of that, that we never got. Um, and for it to just be like a very informal like discussion and yeah. like, yeah, just like a workshop on like being able to like support each other and like, you know, helpful tips on, you know, staying afloat when you're, you're, you're an athlete and you're doing <laughs> school and like all of that. And I think like, things like that are popping up all over the NCAA. And I think that is really important. That's um, especially cause it, it's like, it's from us to like our comrades, you know, like it's, it's not just something yeah. that like the higher ups are doing to fulfill a quota or like a mandate. Like mm-hmm. it really, I think that in itself shows like how important it is and that all of us are experiencing it in one way or another. Like, that was a club that I I literally wrote <laughs> I wrote the the grant proposal for it. I was like this is like we needed oh. this is really important and like we were we were all yes. like super gung ho on like getting it started and like having these <laughs> meetings and we were trying to make it so that like it covered study hall hours and like I don't know it's just like things mm-hmm. like that where I'm like the it is like the situation is evolving and I think it's like doing little things like that that are definitely gonna help long term as well. Um absolutely because like once everyone's on board, then like it just makes it more like I don't know, y- you just get used to it and it doesn't become that stigmatized yeah. topic. It's just like, oh yeah, we're going to the mental health workshop. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I feel like I think that right now we're starting to get to the point where like people are accepting that mental health is a thing, that mental illness is a thing, especially with the past year with the pandemic. Um, I think people are at the point where they're starting to acknowledge it, but then it's sort of like next steps, like how do we start talking about it? And like 
to go off of what you were saying, like clubs like that, I feel like are so important because there is obviously going to be a different environment if you have, you know, like a boss or a coach giving you like a 20 minute presentation because they have to talk about it because this is something we're talking about now versus meeting up with people that you're going to feel more comfortable around and having, you know, like those fluid conversations Um, And also, too, you know, like accepting, acknowledging the fact that you can talk about mental health um, and not be struggling. Like, I think that that's important to acknowledge that, like, you could go to those meetings and not have a serious mental illness, but you just want to spread awareness and you want to participate in it because not everyone has a mental illness, but everyone has mental health. Um, Just everyone has a heartbeat. Everyone has a mind, you know, and like it's something that we all have to take care of whether or not we're really struggling. Yeah, I totally agree. I uh, recently read this book, which I would recommend to anyone, but especially athletes. Um, (laughs) It's called Bravey and it's by an Olympic Uh long distance runner who's actually an alum from the university of Oregon. So she used to get duck as well. Um, And yeah, she, I, I forgot the actual, you know, verbatim of the quote in her book, but she equates it to your, your brain. Like you're, if you're, if you break a bone, mm-hmm. like you're going to go and get a cat, get a cast and, you know, go to therapy and rehab and all of that mental health is like injuring your brain. Like you, you would go to the doctors for a broken bone. So, like, go to the doctors for a broken brain. Like, I, I just I just love exactly. that. Like, I, and it's so true. Like, it's not even an exaggeration. Like, I I, mm-hmm. I think that it's just and, – and you're so right about how, like, it's definitely becoming more comfortable for people to talk about it, which I love and I think is so important. But it's like – yeah like you said it's like you don't have to be diagnosed as anything to talk about it or to be supportive of other people or you know to work on it when you're not struggling I think is actually more beneficial because like you're just preparing yourself for a time then you when you might struggle and that makes it like more make you makes you more capable to get through that moment in time um yeah, and I, yeah. I think also for me, I always think about this too. It's like I mentioned earlier about how like social media is good because it's like, yeah, like people are getting the word out and people are, I think they're more comfortable sharing things that are a little bit sensitive um, on social media mm-hmm. versus like if they were just to give a presentation in class. Um, just kind of takes the uh, the stress factor off a little bit. Um, <laughs> but one thing that, I, I struggle with sometimes is that, um, you know, there's all these like memes and posts and things that you can just quickly, you know, like repost and then like you're done with it. And I think those are really cool. Like yes. I, I'm always posting them. I, I really like them, but I don't think that posting that should take away from what you're doing outside of social media. Like are you actually yeah. listening to those like helpful tips to like, you know, relax or to like give yourself a break or to like get through a hard day? Like, are you doing the work behind the scenes? Um, like, are you really checking in on your friends or are you just posting something? Um, Cause I think yeah, that is kind of something that I struggle with sometimes. I'm like, like, this is so cool. It's all out here. But then, like, sometimes I feel like when people post something, they feel like they, they're like, all right, well, like, check that off the box. Like, like everyone, like, everyone yeah. knows I'm, like, supportive <laughs> of mental health. So, like, yeah. But I'm like, all right, well, that's great. But I think that's just, like, the first yeah. step. Like, now, like, what are we going to do? It's, like, great. Now we're talking about it. Now, like, what's next? Like, how can we actually, like, make a change? And I think, Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not, like, slamming social media, but. <laughs> no, I agree. And I was reading something the other day um, that I think is really important, and it ties along with what you're saying. It said, awareness without understanding is not impact. Um, 
which is completely true like you can share anything you can repost anything but if you're just constantly like pressing two buttons and then that's it like first of all it didn't do anything to you um but it's also not helping anyone else you know like there has to be like a level like if I'm going to reshare this then I need to think about what it means and kind of maybe try to like implement that in my life or see how I can help someone else and I, I I agree with you like I'm not trying to bash social media and I do think it is important when people you know like reshare things because if nothing else like their followers are going to be like okay like this person understands this to an extent like they're comfortable resharing something like that which I I do think is a good like first step but I I agree with you like there just needs to be the next step too um and getting there can be kind of hard but agreed yeah we'll get there (laughs) eventually yeah also I also wanted to talk to you about sort of like youth sports because I know you're at the collegiate level right now um but that has been I think a topic of discussion recently in the media and stuff is like how to handle youth sports and how intense they should be at what level and like when do you start really pushing them and like trying to share the proper way to like lead and teamwork and like working together and like taking care of your mind um, so I didn't know if you had any input. Oh, um, yes, sort of I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I hate to go back to social media, but um, I was on a run with a few of my teammates like not that long ago. And we were talking about exactly that. Um, just how hard like it must be to be a young athlete in this day and age. Um, I know I'm not like super old. I'm still Gen Z, but um I, I don't know like our we were like the beginning phases of like Instagram like Twitter and all yeah. that and like a lot of like performance stuff was not like talked about like outside of the game like it wasn't like all over social media like all of that like just kind of like fed down mm-hmm. our throats like incessantly all day long and um yeah. I think that is, like, the the hardest part, honestly. Like, for young kids, I mean, like, in my sport um, especially, like, we see this all the time. Like, there's there's a lot of young phenoms who are, like, you know, they're in middle school mm-hmm. or, like, what, like, middle school or freshman in high school and they're, like, running crazy fast times and, like, very talented Um and they are having to deal with like online bullying and like all of this stuff that yeah. I just like can't believe. Like being in middle school and like being an incredible athlete and having to like look down your comment section on your Instagram post and just pe- see people like talking about the way that you look and the way that you run and the this yeah. performance that performance placing bets on your future performance like you know roasting like all of these things that I'm like I I can't understand like I don't I don't know how I would feel in that situation like that is just so overwhelming especially when you're at an age where yeah. you're you know, like, at least for me, you know, when I was in middle school (laughs) and high school, like, I was just always looking for affirmation from other people. Like, I always wanted to be accepted. Like, I wanted people to think I was cool. Like, I wanted them to think I was pretty. Like, all these things. And, like, you're just constantly, like, you know, and you feel uncomfortable in your own skin. And and there's all these, like, these impacts of you know going through puberty as well um that like yeah I just can't I don't know how I would do it because these people are literally being like these young kids are being like just picked apart bit by bit like on social media and I'm like that is just ridiculous to me and the worst part is that like I really don't think that there's much being done in order to curb that in the, mm-hmm. in the, you know, like in terms of like mental health, because yeah. like, I know a lot of, um, a lot of like young runners who were very successful at a young age, like they just burned out and it wasn't necessarily because yeah. of running. 
it was because it was too much. And I think that, like, that's the biggest thing that I think about and I think that is really important is, like, coaches and parents, I guess, too, I think they really need to be more mindful about how, like, that's impacting their their young – these young minds because, like, Mm -hmm. when you're that age, it's, like, sports should be fun, right? Like, that's what it comes down to. Exactly. Like, it's that innate, like, fun. Like, oh, we're we're playing we're playing a game. Like, this is fun. We do it for the joy. Like, it shouldn't be this thing where it's, like, this looming sense of, like, oh, no. Like, I need to perform and I need to, yeah. you know, keep up my, my public perception. And, like, all these things that, like, I can't believe that, like, 11, 12-year-olds are having to, like, face. Exactly. No. And, like, that's the age where, one, I think sports start to get a little more serious, like, is, like, that middle school age, because that's when, you know, you're playing for, like, a travel team for the first time, or, like, you're playing for school for the first time. But also, like, those middle school, early high school years are the are the time in a kid's life where they're not really feeling confident and they're picking apart everything about themselves to begin with so then when you take something that's such a big part of their life and probably at one point was you know their outlet to get rid of any like built up emotion that they had um and you start beating them down there like those comments stick with you that's not going to be something that they've forgotten, like, next Tuesday. Like, they're probably going to be, you know, five, ten years into the future. Especially, I feel like, if they're still playing the sport. But even if not, like, those comments are still going to be in their minds. Um, just because it's such, you know, like, that that's an age where you really need to be, you know, building up confidence. Yeah, and also, like, down. <clears throat> you're finding out who you are. And, like, forming your identity. and Exactly it's uncomfortable and and you don't know who you are, your body's growing, you're, you're, you feel uncomfortable and all that, but also it's like, then add on top that you have all these exterior things. Um, yeah, I, I, Mm -hmm. I think that that's something that's like kind of been overlooked and, and I don't really understand it. I mean, obviously there's been more, um, more of a spotlight on that recently, but like, yeah, yeah I, I I don't know. <laughs> it's really it's really sad for me too because <laughs> like like you said like sport is an outlet for so many people. Um like it really like I mm-hmm. mentioned before like it literally saved my life. Like it it made every day for me exponentially better. And it gave me that opportunity to like breathe and let go and you know just like feel strong and like all of the above and I think like yeah it should continue being that like at the at its most basic level like that's what sport is it's like fun and enjoyment and like reprieve and all of that and I think that it's become a lot more (laughs) than it needs to be um yeah and also like you're talking like if you want to talk about like athletic performance too, and like not even like it, it's like that goes hand in hand. Like I said before, it's like how do you expect to have longevity in a sport where you feel like you're being broken down because yeah. you can't you can't talk about how you feel? And uh, yeah, I think that's something that needs to change immediately. <laughs> When I was younger, I played softball probably for about 10-ish years. And I I played on the travel team and I played um, for school. I stopped, I think, I think it was my sophomore year of high school. I never played on the varsity team. I stopped playing and I actually ended up quitting my team in like the beginning, middle of the season. Like I had committed to the team and then I stopped playing. Um, just because like for me, like all these like little comments that people probably didn't think about um, times where like a coach would like really overreact 
to like a small mistake instead of um you know counseling me telling me in like a calm manner like how they could how I could fix what I was doing um treating it you know like it was like an Olympic sport or I was playing like professionally and not like I was you know like 12 or 13 or 14 um just playing a sport with my friends and it got to the point where I was like having a panic attack if I had to go to practice or like feeling super sick and not understanding why if I had a game coming up and um it got to the point where I just told my parents you know like I can't do this anymore and it was almost like I I was like 14 15 you know I didn't have a strong idea of mental health and what was happening I just knew that it was making me feel really bad and I didn't want to play anymore and it was a sport that I had loved but um just after experiencing all of that I I had lost my passion I had lost my interest I didn't love the game anymore and I think that's you know just like one instance of many like it's not even a surprise I think it happens to so many young athletes I definitely wasn't the only one like from the town that year that left for probably a similar reason just because it's it's so common and I don't really know like what we could do to change it other than like understanding um learning how to talk to children of that age yeah I totally agree I think and especially like when you're that age like we talked about before like you're already internally like picking apart like every little thing about yourself like you're you're so like self-conscious and like yeah like I think that something I experienced as well is that like coaches need to learn that athletes like a a lot of the times like we're perfectionists in some way or another and like we're striving Mm -hmm. to become like the best we can at like a singular thing so like we pick ourselves apart like more ourselves than anyone else could on the outside so like we don't need we -hmm. don't need someone else to do that for us we don't, you know, like yeah. we, we're already guilting ourselves in such a harsh manner, which I, I think also I could go for hours on that itself. But like, but like, you know, it's like the immediate reaction is already like we're already slamming ourselves internally. So like, I think for a yeah. lot of coaches when like they're they're working with young athletes, they're like. I need a, like, it's a wake up call, maybe, like, or like, I need to use aggression or like, whatever. But mm-hmm. like, I, I have never, at least for myself, that has never worked. Um, it just makes you resent no. the sport <laughs> and the person. And um, exactly. yeah, and I yep. also am a firm believer that like, at the most basic level, like coaches need to understand how to communicate. Um with absolutely with young minds and young hearts <laughs> because like so many times like I don't know like I just like felt so sad <laughs> like it wasn't even like an extreme case mm-hmm. like a very basic case but like just feeling so sad and feeling like you like you let them down and like anything like that and I think that that's something that could easily exactly. be improved upon and yeah, just, like, learning how to, like, correctly talk to people and, like, listen. I think listening is also something that is not really not really emphasized at that yeah. level. Um, it's crazy, too, because it's, like, yeah, obviously, like, now I'm in my fifth year at, at the collegiate level, and it's, like, I have a very open relationship with my coach. Like, I feel like I can talk to her about anything, mm-hmm. and you know, that's really awesome for me. But like, I think back to like my middle school, high school years, and I'm like, no, like, I, (laughs) I never like talked, like, I never talked. I felt I did. Yeah. Yeah. I think that like, it was almost discouraged. Like, like you said, it was like a fear, Mm -hmm. fear mongering tactic or something. Um, But yeah, (laughs) I, I think like, learning how to correctly communicate and it will make them better coaches because your athletes can just be better, which that's the end goal, right? Exactly. And I feel like, well, see, like, I feel like at any level, 
obviously you're working towards perfecting a skill but also you're learning life skills as well especially in youth in youth sports but I would say at any level so it's like if this is how a coach is reacting to like a small mistake that you might have made or whatever um it's like is this this how I'm supposed to react like am I supposed to express my emotion in this way because I think people underestimate the effect that youth sports um but sport in general has on a person's yeah yeah personality and life skills and like how they deal with conflict in the future in situations that aren't related to sport um but you know like a coach is just as influential as a parent or a teacher so watching them and how they respond to conflict and deal with negative emotions that's going to be something that any player is going to internalize and then probably start repeating just because that's one of those situations where they're in you know yeah you're impactful I mean you're so that's so it's funny that you talk about that because it's like I feel very fortunate too like I always talk to people about this I'm like I feel really lucky because like at different points in my life I had people mentors slash like teachers like all of these people who they they gave me that they listened to me and like they gave me the ability to talk about how I felt and like that has Mm -hmm. definitely like served me so well like as I've gotten older because I've already like been told that it's okay to talk about how I feel Whereas in, if you're in a situation yeah. where like you, your coach never listened to you and he shot you down every time you tried to talk <laughs> about something or how you felt like that might just be the person that you stay, you stay with. And it's really hard to get out of the cycle in your head. Um, mm-hmm. Like I, I always like, I, I fall back on that a lot. I'm like, I, I'm a very, obviously, like, I'm a very talkative person. I'm a very, like, open person. But um, even I, like, yeah. it took me forever to talk about my story. And, like, but I had all those people. Mm-hmm. So I already had the confidence that people were going to be at least open to listening to how I felt. Whereas if someone's coming from a situation where they, they've never experienced that, then they're never going to feel like they're, they're comfortable mm-hmm. enough or like they're never going to feel like they can actually exactly. just be open and honest and all of that. And it's really, yeah, it's damaging. Mm-hmm. It's very damaging. It's like, it's a, it's a slow build too, because like, as you continue that, that cycle and you never have, you know, an outlet or someone that's listening to you, like, going back to what you said earlier, that's not just going to go away. Like, you're not going to snap your fingers and it's not going to bother you anymore. Like, it's just going to get worse and worse. So. I was an accounting major in undergrad, which, like, just doesn't doesn't fit my personality at all. So I have, like, no idea what I was doing. But I worked in uh, a finance department um, one summer for, like, three and a half months. And I, like... (laughs) I just hated it <laughs> so much. I literally yeah. just, like dragged myself out of bed every day. I was like, oh my gosh. Like I can't. <laughs> exactly. No, like, yeah. But like. That's not how you want to live. Think, like, <laughs> one thing, I, I actually wrote a piece about this for a class that I was in last term. And like, I think like this kind of coincides with like mental health and like, just like finding your identity and all of that and like I I think that there's also like a stigma mm-hmm. around like not knowing what you want to do like like I for so oh, long like I just absolutely. felt like I was trying to like fit in a mold and like all right like I need to find like a job description that like fits like all the things that I think that like I would be good at slash things that I like and that like make me feel fulfilled because I think fulfillment is like a big part of it like at the end of the day like you're working Mm -hmm. a lot of hours out of the day so like it has to be something that you at least feel like a tiny bit passionate about and uh, 
yeah like basically like this, it was yeah. like I had a light bulb moment I was like I I feel like people are like <laughs> oh like because for me like I have always known that I'm like I want to be an advocate I'm like <laughs> I'm like I want to be a voice for the voiceless yeah. like <laughs> for real though like that's like something that I really like it makes me <laughs> feel good and I feel like no whenever I would tell that to someone yes it was like I had to make it I had to play it off like it was like a joke like a hype I don't want to have to explain to you like yes what I'm doing just yeah. because of disapproval um that some people have but I think a lot of that is basically just a projection because so many people are like afraid to do what they really love or what makes them happy and they just want to stick to that like yeah timeline and it's like a they always they always say this though it's like um change and like growth is really hard for people because like because like leaving your comfort zone is hard like even if it's the best thing for you like it's Mm -hmm. so so hard and um yeah I I think absolutely (laughs) that's the biggest thing yeah I like had a meltdown with my uh, my program director I was like (laughs) I was like ah like I want to do this but like it's not socially acceptable and she was like it doesn't matter like I was like yeah (laughs) well it's good you know that like she responded to you like that because I feel like there are definitely situations other people may have been in where they're like yeah you're right it's not socially acceptable and that was like and I think that was like you know, because um, <laughs> I was just shocked like talking with her because I'm like so many times in academia that has happened to me like I'd like talk about like something that I was interested in mm-hmm. and they'd be like oh like that doesn't fit in like your schedule you know like yeah be like your academic schedule but it was like yeah. also like that doesn't fit <laughs> in your like life schedule and I'd be like oh well <laughs> Great. Yeah. I guess we'll just Thanks. suffer. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah, that that for real. Now that I'm like gung ho about like just going for things that make me feel alive and not like sticking with things that are like the right thing, quote unquote. Um, yeah, I'm just like now I do it with like yeah. everything. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, does this bring me happiness? <laughs> no. All right no we're not doing it like it's it's not it's not worthwhile like and and I think like imagine if we all lived our lives like that like <laughs> exactly <laughs> well it's just like I have this um board it's like a vision board type thing that I have like at my desk I'm looking at it right now um and there's this one thing on it that says I am creating the life of my dreams which I feel like if I read that when I was like fourteen or fifteen, I'd be like, "Oh my god, like that's so cheesy." Yeah, no, I love but that. You know, like why not? Like why? Why would you? Why would you not like yeah, chase I, uh, like what makes you happy? Hate to bring it back just to, to running, <laughs> but like that's how I feel right now. Like I, <laughs> I, it was never a plan for me to like run my fifth year or whatever. I like broke my foot and like, I fortunately like had the ability to like have more eligibility and like keep doing this. But like, I am pursuing mm-hmm. like professional running and like, <laughs> I don't know, like professional yeah. running is not like any other That's professional awesome. sport because it's just like, there's not money. Like, unless you're like top, top, top tier, like, there's no money like there's no money and like it's hard like it's a hard life Mm -hmm. like it's not it's not like I don't know like you spend a lot of time (laughs) training like the glory is few and far in between but like I don't know like that's kind of how I feel right now I'm just (laughs) like I'm Trace I am chasing my dream like this is my dream to be like a really good athlete and like I'm going to tell people about it and like they might laugh at me and like they might think that that's like the stupidest thing ever but like I don't care like I just like am so in like I'm just like I'm locked and loaded like this is what I'm doing because like it really at the end of the day like this is something that I will look back on and I'll be so proud of myself for going for it and like doing something crazy and like doing something that may be like kind of unconventional but like it makes me feel alive and like I I love your I love your quote because I love those corny 
Like, I don't know if you see it, but on my social media, I'm, I'm always <laughs> posting quotes like that. I'm like, I, I love this. Like, no, and same. I really do. Like, I take it to heart. I'm like, I'm thinking about uh, this all day. Like, <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, I, I'm sitting here, like, tearing up at your story. I'm so happy that you're doing that. Um, and I'm glad that you're, like, at the point where you're not letting any negative comments stop you from doing that. Because I think that's, like, that's such a hard place to get to. It's so hard Agreed. to not internalize those little comments or, like, analyze, like, anyone, like, the facial expression <laughs> someone makes yeah, when you tell them I've something got, like that. Like, I've got <laughs> that so, I'm, like, especially the, like, oh, like, the, that's not really financially responsive to you. I'm, like, you know what? Yeah. Okay. I'm like, you know what? I am balling on a budget and it doesn't matter. <laughs> and you know, and you're trusting yourself and you're putting the faith in yourself. Yeah. Um which can be really hard, but but I think when you start to do it is when you really start to grow and thrive yeah. and see like the positive reactions yeah, and, and um it definitely really hasn't been easy like I still doubt myself and like have to deal with the like inner turmoil and like exterior turmoil as well all the time and uh but like you said <laughs> I think it's like every time that I do something that like terrifies me and that is scary and like out of the of the norm per se like it is. It, like, gives you confidence. And, um, yeah, like, I always yeah. I always say this. I'm, like, if, like, even if, like, 16, 17-year-old, 18-year-old me saw where I am now, I would not believe it. Like, I, I genuinely would be, like, that's a lie. Like, that is a blatant lie. Because, like, it, I'm just, like, shocked. <laughs> like... <laughs> I'm like, I can't believe that, like, little that's, that's me, incredible, like, though. Hold I... myself up by my bootstraps and, like, <laughs> like, I've, like, built this life for myself and, like, yeah, it's not easy. <laughs> like, I feel like I, I always have to, like, preface it as that because, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's not easy. Like, I, I really do struggle, like, a lot. Um, yeah. But, but I am, like, I'm proud of myself. <laughs> like, you should be and I think going back I think it was like the first thing I said but like calling you a beacon of hope like you are and like the more that you share your story and you acknowledge that you have struggled and you do struggle but you've gotten to this point like it's just gonna inspire so many people and there's probably like so many young athletes or just people out there that could really learn from you and like they might be in a similar situation where they don't see any way out of it and they can't possibly imagine things getting better. And like people can say it all the time, people will be like, Oh, it gets better. But when you don't have like a story like yours to back it up, like it really is almost meaningless. Oh, thank you um, so, so much. You really, you're just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, I, my life's mission is to like, just like break like the, I don't know, like, especially like when I was in the system, <laughs> Um, like, I, I just, like, was never yeah. really, like, given the confidence that, like, I would go anywhere in my life, and, like, I was just, like, told mm-hmm. all the things that I couldn't do, like, not any of the things that I could do, and, like, I think, like, that's, like, something that I'm just, like, super, super passionate about, I'm, like, I want people to know that, like, you can do, like, it doesn't matter like how you were raised like what you go through that like you humans are incredibly resilient they're incredibly tenacious and like you can do anything that you put your mind to and like yeah it takes a lot of hard work and mainly in the mental health slash mental illness uh area but like yeah I just like I want people to know that like yes you can you can do it and like there's there's so many of us out there but like it just like you said like it just takes people talking about it um to like kind of like pay it forward per se um and yeah I want to do that so if I can change one person's Mm -hmm. life like I know that like I've 
I've done it. You know, <laughs> like it, it really is like that simple for me. Like yes. that's what I care about. Like that at the end of the day, like if I have made the difference in someone else's life and like it's given them confidence and like given them like, wow, like I can do this, then I'm like, all right, that's it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's really like what matters. I think with that being said, do you have any, I guess, other words of advice for someone who might be um, in a situation? I guess my like two yours? cents would just be like, don't ever put limits on yourself and like constantly be open to like growing and healing and healing is really hard. Like, I, I think like that is the biggest misconception conception um especially like with mental health and mental illness is that like the recovery will be easy and that um like all it takes is like talking to a therapist a few times or like talking to your friend a few times like it it's not that easy it's it's really aggressive hard painful work and um it's not always going to be easy and like you may backslide and, and, you know, like go through the cycle and, and that's okay too. But, um, yeah, like there is a light at the end of the tunnel, like there, there always is so, so many times in my life, I have felt like I'm never going to get out of this dark hole. Like I'm never going to get out. Like I just felt like it was like my destiny Um, and I always made it out to the other side always. And, and like there, yeah, like there is always a light at the end of the tunnel. And like, also (laughs) I am a firm believer in, um, half glass full. (laughs) Um, like I am a self-diagnosed, uh, optimist (laughs) And, um, yeah, like, look for silver linings in everyday (laughs) life Um, because, like, life is really hard. And it doesn't matter, like, where you grew up or or what you're dealing with. Like, life is really hard. The human experience is really challenging. um, And it will test you in in all the the good and bad ways. Um, But, like, life is also so beautiful. (laughs) And, like, I... Yeah, I, I I have a lot of faith. I'm a very spiritual person. Um, and, you know, that has gotten me through uh, some really, really dark times in my life. But, like, I have tried to end my life um, multiple times. And, and I am still here. So I, I think that, like, that right there is, like, a testament to that, like, <laughs> we're all here for a reason and like life is beautiful and like there are always like things to be thankful for and things to keep improving on and things to you know find joy and love and happiness in and um yeah I I think that's like my two cents like I yeah I just yeah (laughs) that was awesome I think too like it's important to acknowledge and I think you've done a really good job of touching on this but like healing is never going to be linear um like as you were saying like it's not like you go to therapy a few times and all of a sudden you're better like there's a good chance you will backslide or you will relapse um but just like knowing that understanding that it's a constant process um and just putting in that effort to like really try to get there is just something is it's just so beautiful honestly like i i think it's i think it's really really just impressive and beautiful like when someone can get to the point where they understand that they're gonna always be fighting but they're willing to put in agreement it's like and like I said before it's like everything that you go through in life you go you grow through what you go through like that is so true like it it's (laughs) yeah like it just builds you up like you you know what you can do like it makes you tough it makes you resilient it makes you powerful and like equipped and just this amazing conglomerate Mm -hmm. of a person 
And yeah, I love that. Like I, I, I never regret, like, obviously like there's, there's (laughs) experiences that I've gone through. I'm like, wow, like I wish I never went through that because it was really painful, but I thank God because I'm like, it, it really like built me into the woman I am today. And I think that like, there's something to be said for that. Like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like you are everything you've gone through absolutely, and you don't need to be ashamed of that as well. Like own it, like own it. And like, just, you know, pay it forward. I'm a big, I'm a big pay it forward girl as well. <laughs> I like that. And I think like too, like, you're not always going to feel tough. You're not always going to feel strong. Um, yeah, just agreed. You are. Yeah, like it's really that more basic. times than off, <laughs> more times than not. I don't feel tough, <laughs> exactly. And I think, like, some people might who are like really not at their best, like in the current moment, might feel like oh like you're just saying that like you don't you can't possibly like have any internal struggles still like you know do you know what do you know what I'm saying like I feel like it can be hard to comprehend the fact that you could get there someday um just because like when when you're struggling so much like it, it doesn't feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel which is why it is so important to like keep sharing these stories and keep reinforcing them because it's not just some random like book or like presentation or something like this is your whole life you know like this is who you are what you actually went through and where you are now (laughs) thank you I think you're really really cool too (laughs) (laughs) thanks um but yeah so I guess thank you so much for yeah with no me problem for at being all willing I to really be so enjoyed vulnerable. it and like I said before I'm just so impressed and <laughs> just yeah it's it's wonderful what you're doing it's it's such a good thing and it's so necessary too um so many people are going to be impacted by this in such a good way so you go girl <laughs> Thank you for spending some time with us and listening to Hannah's story. If her message has left a mark on you and you'd like to let us know, you can send us an email at steadilypod at gmail.com and be sure to follow us on Instagram at steadilypodcast for updates on our next episode. And remember, we're all moving steadily.